This is the How to Become a Career Coach podcast, the largest podcast for up-and-coming career coaches in the world, and is dedicated to helping people that are in the early stages of becoming a career coach. I'm your host, Philip Mianko, and in this show, we bring practical advice based on real experiences, and we share actual stories of people that are current career coaches. So, let's get started. One of the many struggles that new coaches have is imposter syndrome. It keeps them from having the confidence they need while working with their clients. And imposter syndrome really keeps them from helping their clients to get to their full potential. And really, it holds them back from raising their rates, from becoming an effective coach, and ultimately serving the people that they're looking to serve. So what is imposter syndrome? And how do you overcome it? Keep listening to this conversation I'm having today with Goalie Cochran. She's an amazing lawyer turned entrepreneur, but that's just a quick summary of her story. And I started out like many, I think, people, type A personalities, um, following a path that I'd chosen as a young kid and never really looking up. And that path was to become a lawyer. And so I did. I went to a really great law school and then I kind of arrived and I realized, huh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And um, like a lot of people, I just kind of stayed stuck. Even though I was unhappy, I figured like I've spent so much time and money on this education and this, you know, I have a quote unquote successful career. I guess I have to do this. And I practiced as a lawyer for about seven years. And after my, the birth of my first child, my son, I kind of decided to just take a break. And it was from that journey that I decided to quit law and really never go back. But I think unlike maybe a lot of people that you guys have on your podcast, I wish I had the forethought to like start planning out and figure out what I was going to do. I didn't. And I really spent a long time figuring out like, well, what now? And I really felt like, I truly felt like I have no other skills. I have no other passions. I have no, I have no idea what I should be doing because I spent my whole life working towards this one goal. And I felt very lost and very crazy for leaving. I think, you know, I got so much pushback from family and friends, very well-intentioned, didn't want me to kind of throw away this career. And so I kept thinking like, am I crazy? You know, like, should I be going back to this? And I'm so glad I didn't. I've now gone on to like uh, start numerous businesses and I'm happier than I've ever been. But in that journey, two years ago, I decided to start a podcast called Lessons from a Quitter because in my own journey, I started meeting so many other people that had quit these successful careers that they didn't like and started over, pivoted to new careers. And I just felt like people weren't having these conversations. Nobody was talking about it, that it's okay to change your mind. And even if it's, you know, a very prestigious career or what other people think you should stay in, like you get this one shot at life out as cliche as that sounds, like you shouldn't be miserable. And so I decided to start the podcast really with no plan. Like it wasn't as though I was like, I'm going to turn this into a business. It was like, I want to have this conversation and I want people to see that they're not crazy for wanting to leave. And I, they always say like, build the thing that you wish you had. And it was like, I really wish I had these conversations to listen to, to realize that I wasn't alone. And so I started doing that. And then that sort of led me to the business and coaching and helping people kind of find that path. And so, yeah, that's basically my whole life in a nutshell. I First of all, thank you for sharing that. I think that's incredibly powerful because 
I think so many people, I know I talk to lots of people and I'm sure you do too, who start coaching businesses because they're wanting to escape something or they're like, you know, I really hate the thing I'm doing right now. So I'm just going to go build this business or do this thing. And I think so much of the build the, I was writing it down, build the the thing that you wish that you had Mm -hmm. is super powerful. And I was, (laughs) I was just actually having a conversation about that idea, which is funny because it comes up like just now about that idea, but more so of, of creating the thing that you wish that you would hear or mm-hmm. would have. And it feels like, like that's how you bring that into, into your world, but then end up helping others. So right before we hit the record on the podcast today, we're talking about, would you call yourself a career coach? Would you call yourself more of a coach, but more of in that journey? And my question for you is why didn't you want to become a coach in the first place? What was that first kind of itch getting into it? Yeah. So again, it was sort of a natural progression. And you hear this a lot with people in online businesses. They tell you this advice. And I think it's absolutely true. Is like a lot of times, if you're doing something that you feel really passionate about and that you kind of have a connection to, I would very much encourage people to just get started without knowing what they're going to do with it because people will tell you what they need, you know? And so I, for the first year, I, I started with a plan. To, I told myself, I'm not going to think about anything with this podcast for one year. I'm going to let myself grow it as a community. I'm not going to try to make it into a business. I'm not going to try to like, because I knew where my brain would go and it would mm-hmm. be constantly like running on overdrive. Like, what are we doing? Let's do, you know, like, we got to figure this out. And I was like, let's just take a step back and build a community and see what happens. And then in that, I mean, I just constantly got messages from people saying like, I'm exactly where you were. It sounds like me speaking. Like, I can't believe you have the same exact story. What do I do now? Like, what's my next step? Like, do you coach? Please help me. And so it was in the beginning, I would say like, I'm sorry, I don't. And I would like refer them out to other people. And it was just, and a lot of that was my own imposter syndrome and thinking like, I can't really help these people. And then I started, you know, it was just slowly like this inkling of what if I can help them? Like, what if, and because I would start getting the same exact blocks and questions. Like people would be stuck on the same thing and I would want to shake them and be like, you're not stuck. Like you can leave. I started just like a beta group. I was like, let me just start a group coaching and I'll do it for really cheap just to see if I can actually help people. And it ended up being extremely successful and rewarding for me. I mean, I loved it. And then everybody in the group loved it. And I was like, wait, maybe I can do something with this. And so it sort of has just evolved. I've let it like iterate each time and see, and I'm super upfront about it. This is the thing is like, I think a lot of times with imposter syndrome, what happens is we we're trying to be something we're not. And we all have to try to create this persona that we have it all together and we have it all figured out. And especially in roles where you're quote unquote the expert and you, you know, you feel like I have to put this on this air that like I can solve all their problems and people want honesty. And I think people really relate. Like they don't need you to be perfect. They need to know that like you have their interest at heart and you're going to try to help them. And so I was very honest from the beginning and I still am. Like I'm, if you listen to my podcast, like I think on every episode I talk about how nobody knows what they're doing and how <laughs> I still have no idea what I'm doing. Yep. And, I, and I say, you know, tongue in cheek, obviously I am figuring it out, but it's like, I don't try to portray it as like, I'm going to solve all of your problems. I have, I know exactly this is going to hundred percent work for you. It's more of like, we've been working on this thing. It can help you. Like I want to see. And with each group, I'm very open to them that like, I'm still testing this out. Like I want your feedback. Do you think the program should be longer? Do you think it should be shorter? Do you think like we should have more coaching, you know, every week? Do you want less coaching? Was this overwhelming? Was it not? I play a lot 
back and forth with the people in my group. Hmm. I think it disarms them a little bit in the sense that like, they don't have to look at me as like some guru that's telling them like, we're going to work this out together. Like we are going to be in this, like I am a cheerleader on your side and we're going to figure this out. And, um, and so that has worked in my favor in uh, looking at the reviews and the people that kind of keep coming back and the clients that I get. I just don't feel the need to have to act like I figured everything out. Mm. I find that from a lot of the people that I speak to, but for a lot of our listeners here, that that can be a huge roadblock where we feel like we have to have everything figured yeah. out. And I know we were talking about mindset before we, we hit the record button here today mm-hmm. too. And I, I find that perfectionism mindset is such a big thing. But what sounds like is also super cool is, is more so this aspect of, of playing with like, what do you want to see more? Do you try things right. out? And that kind of helped more of your style, but more so build the business and build kind of <laughs> how you wanted it to go too. Yeah. And I think so many people are talking about the imposter syndrome. I think sometimes people get locked into the idea of, well, it has to be like this and I have to do things mm-hmm. like this way. And then, and then I know something I was doing research on, on uh, your podcast and, and you more so of, I find a tendency for a lot of people to do. And one thing I heard you say is, is sometimes we compare our step zero or one to, ste- uh, to other people's steps 11 or 12. Absolutely. And that, and it's in the beginning stages, it's such a danger because it throws you off, but totally. kind of talk about the imposter syndrome. That's like red flag imposter syndrome right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. And I think, and, and I, we all get caught in it and I still do too, but I think a lot of people starting out with businesses, you look at somebody that's been doing it for four years or five years and they have their website, obviously, and they have maybe branding and they have all these because they've been building it. And it's like, you think you have to have that out the gate, like if you don't. And so, so many people end up not starting because they're putting together things that are not pointless. Like it has nothing to do with whether you're going to be successful, but like getting the right website and making sure your logo looks good and getting business cards and doing all these other things because you want to create this air that like everything is professional. Mm-hmm. And then the more you do that too, like the problem is, is that it brings up these negative emotions within you that like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm putting on all this glitz and glamor, but like behind the scenes, I feel very inadequate in doing, in taking this step. And so people do all this stuff and then are still fearful to sell, like still don't want to sell their packages mm-hmm. or to coach. And what I have just tried to do and I, and I by no means uh, want to give off the air that I don't get caught in that. I still get caught in comparison. I still get caught in like, oh my God, it's, this looks so unprofessional. But I just bring myself back like more quickly. I think I've just worked so much on my mindset that I realize like people are not coming to me because of my logo. They're not coming to me because, you know, I have some fancy website. They're coming because like they need help with something and I can help them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to do that. And like, I'm just going to, that, that is just going to be my focus. And I've worked with so many people now, myself, I've worked with other coaches and I always try to remember like when they do something where they mess up a little bit and I think about it, I'm like, oh, I didn't care about that. Why do, you know, but I know if I, the tables were turned and it was me, I would, you know, usually beat myself up that like, why did that email go out with that mistake or whatever? And so just kind of observing that and realizing like people give you a lot more grace and then we give ourselves and they're not looking for perfect. And I think in this world of online business, oftentimes become so many gurus and so many people being perfect that I think it's refreshing when somebody is a little more honest or they're like, listen, like we're all kind of figuring this out. And so I, I realize that a lot of people that tend to be it resonate with me like that. And so 
I don't know, it, it seems like it's working for me because it allows me to show up more. I 120 million percent agree. <laughs> I mean, you'll find typos on our website all the time. Mm-hmm. You'll find typos from my website. You'll hear me. I've already done it here in this podcast from today. I've already messed up a bunch of times. And it's the same thing. Imagine in the hiring process when I'm telling my clients, it's like humans hire other humans. Robots don't hire humans. And we just want to connect with people. And I think that's such an important thing to almost have a focus on for people when, when they're starting out is at the end of the day, what are you doing to help people and keep your focus there? And so it's like, all right, where are you best position to start helping people, what medium is that going to be? And I think it's interesting with your story because it kind of was the flip around where you started a podcast first, (laughs) just super interesting. So before we hit record, you know, we were like, well, maybe I thought about starting a blog or something like that, but help our listeners understand a little bit of why podcast first. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't do it the traditional way, but I was actually just thinking about this, how it sort of really helped me because, and I'll explain that in a second, but why I started with podcasts was I actually never had a desire to start a blog or really to have like a social media presence or, you know, build up that business. I wasn't even on that page, but Mm. I love the medium of podcasts so much. Like I used to, when I was in this place of feeling crazy and wanting to leave and trying to figure out, like I was consuming so many podcasts and a lot of it, like I said, were just stories that didn't relate to me. Like I listened to a lot of entrepreneur podcast. And it always was like stories of people that were like, Oh, you know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was seven. I could never work Mm -hmm. for anybody. I'm just Mm -hmm. like a terrible employee. I had to, and I always felt like, well, that's not, I'm a great employee. Like I'm, I'm wonderful. I I, following directions, you know, I got this. Yeah. I got this. I just never really felt kind of like I could relate to a lot of those. And then as you can probably tell from this podcast, I love talking. And I remember kind of thinking I could, you know, I was a lawyer. I had loved kind of doing all the speech and debate stuff. I'd love interviewing. And I just remember thinking like, I would love to be on the other side of that. Like I would Mm -hmm. love to not even be a guest. Like I would love to have reasons to have interesting conversations with people. And so my desire, like I said, to start the podcast was really just a passion project of like, I want to have this conversation. I want to like bring on people and ask them about their journeys and how they quit and how they dealt with all the fear that everybody gets stuck in and how they dealt with like their family thinking they're crazy and how, they, you know, and I just selfishly wanted to hear those stories myself. Like I want, I was still kind of in this place of like, how do I move on from law and podcasting to me seemed like such a perfect medium because I knew like, I don't like being on video. I didn't like really showing up. Like I don't like taking pictures of myself. And so that's why like Instagram and YouTube and stuff seemed like I was very resistant to it, but I love talking and I love getting a chance to like talk to people that are interesting that I don't really have any other reason to talk to. So I was just so excited by the concept that like anybody can start one and it kind of gives you this air of, I don't know, professionalism to email someone and say like, I have a podcast. Do you want <laughs> yep. to come on? You know, I just felt like I was like, this is the perfect excuse to reach out to people that I normally would have no other reason to reach out to. And it, that has actually been like the best part of it is, is that I was, I say it on my, the podcast, like I'm so glad it's helping people, but I selfishly am just doing it for myself so that I get to talk to really cool people. But that's why I started it. Like I wasn't starting it to be the expert. I wasn't teaching anything. I was talking to other people just to bring their stories and highlight them and, you know, help people see that there is other possibilities. I relate to that because I 
no secret for our listeners here, but this podcast is my journey to find my new best friends. And I say <laughs> yeah. friends, plural, because I, I share the same thing. And these, for me and myself, this medium is so much fun. I tried YouTube for a bit and it was yeah. just really hard to read off, off a teleprompter right. for me. And then like, that was hard. And then just having this opportunity to connect with amazing people like yourself, but just so many coaches and entrepreneurs and business owners here, it just more my strengths lie in more of those one-on-one kinds of conversations. Mm -hmm. And I find having those connection pieces matter a ton, but also like I'm generally curious about all the same things that many of our listeners do because I talk to lots of them. So like sharing that same brand, I'm like, all right, really, what were those first steps? What were those mindset Mm -hmm. pieces? Like all the same questions come up. And and I think in many ways too, this, it's also a chance for, we mentioned before, but personal growth, but also very much kind of professional growth too. And that's, uh, it's kind of both those things. So when you were first thinking about starting your podcast or even in those early days, what tools did you use to get started? It was very bare bones. I got like a, I think ATR, I'm still using the same microphone, the ATR 2100. That's what um, I got. <laughs> yeah. From Amazon. I think it's like a hundred bucks. I don't know. <laughs> yep. That's, yep. I think that's it. I literally just had gotten that. It came with a little stand and I got these Sony headphones, these dynamic stereo headphones. And then I got a Lipson account, which is where you host your podcast. And I did it off Audacity, which is a free yep. a free software that you can edit. The first year I did mostly, I did all Skype calls. So it was free. I just re- you record on Skype. And so I really only had, I think like Lipson is like t- 10 or $20 a month. Audacity is free. Skype was free. And that's it. So I spent like 150 bucks maybe on the microphone and the headset. And then I, and there's tons of free tutorials on YouTube, online. There's tons of podcasters that have created like free mini courses that just teach you how to set up a podcast. So I just spent like a weekend and I figured out how to record it, how to edit. I mean, it was not the best editing, but uh, like how to edit it, put like an intro and an outro. I bought like some music off one of these websites for like $10 and that was it. And I mean, I, I really purposely kept it uncomplicated because I know my perfectionist tendencies is like, Mm -hmm. I could have spent a year trying to get that podcast to be perfect before I put it out there. Mm -hmm. And so I had really worked on my own mindset to be like, the um, point isn't to have the best quality or to have the best equipment or to figure out all editing before you start. It's like just to get started. And so I did. I know something that I heard from one of the interviews that you mentioned too, or it was from, like I was mentioning before we hit record about just got to a, a recently got to a hundred episodes on your podcast. First, yeah. congratulations. Thank you. Second, it was the, just the consistent content. So I think not only mm-hmm. is it just getting started, but I also imagine just putting yourself out there consistently and, and going past those mindsets of those perfections yeah. and pieces too. One piece of advice that I got, and I think it's gold with anything you're going to start um, is pick a timeline that you're willing to stick with it no matter what. So like tell yourself six months, a year, whatever it is that I'm not going to rethink. Like I'm going to put out for me, I was like, I'm going to do the podcast for one year every week. Come hell or high water, I'm going to put out a podcast episode. And I like set up myself. I did like eight episodes before I even released it so that I knew I had like a month or two kind of ahead of time so that I could keep finding guests. But what that did was it, 
forced me to be consistent and it allowed me to stop listening to like the monkey mind that's constantly going in your head, you know, because as soon as you start putting, like people think like your fear never goes away, right? So like it starts with, I can't put this, for me, it was like, oh my God, what are all of my, you know, lawyer friends, all of my ex-colleagues, all of the people I went to law school with, like I'm putting out a podcast called Lessons from a Quitter. And none of them knew I'd quit. Like I didn't make an announcement that I'm quitting law. I just kind of went on with my life and I was like, now I'm going to come back and everybody's going to know that I hated being a lawyer and then it's going to be so embarrassing. So I had all those fears. And you think like once you put it out there, then the fear goes away and you move on, but that's not true. And then the fears just transform. And then it became like, well, people aren't listening. It's not growing fast enough. What's the point of this? Where is Mm. this going? You know, it's like the thoughts are constantly there. And so when I had had that, made that deal with myself, it allowed me to kind of just push down those, like quiet the fears or move past them to be like, yeah, I hear you brain. I get it. Like this is, you know, scary, but we're still going to do it. You know? And I think that if you're planning on showing up for people, then they're going to expect you to show up regularly. So like Mm -hmm. give it a chance, like give it a chance to see if it grows, if you like it, like the amount that changed in that first year was unreal. And like, if I'd stopped a month in or two months in, I would have never really understood what it could have been. And so I think with anything that you're doing, give it a timeline that you're going to stick with it and then reassess. Not like I'm going to reassess at every week and I'm going to see how I feel this week. And if I don't feel like it, I'm just not going to do it because a hundred percent will like drop it because it becomes hard. It's really hard. I think that really, somebody gave me that advice, like make sure you do it for a year and just do it every week for a year and pick like a time, a schedule that works for you. Like if you can only do a podcast episode once a month, fine, then do once a month for a year, you know, Mm -hmm. or do twice a month for a year. For me, like I felt like I could do once a week and that's what I stuck to. And I, and I take that very seriously in all aspects. Like even with social media and things like, I know that there's now people that are waiting to hear from me or that are like following the journey or that need the help. And so I don't want to just leave them hanging. And so I I take it kind of seriously that I need to show up consistently for them. During that year, were there, I imagine there were times where, you know, we have the pits and the peaks, so to speak, right? During those times where it was the hardest, Mm. what, or were those, you know, as Brene Brown puts it too, those fear gremlins come into place that you're talking about too. What did you tell yourself? What were those mindset pieces that you got through those points? to keep continuing to produce content? Yeah. What I always do is really try to come back to like, why am I doing this? Because it's a lot of times in those, you know, pits where you're kind of in this place of, I would find that every time I wanted to quit, it was because I was comparing myself to other people, like other podcasters. I didn't think it was growing fast enough or I was getting far enough or it was becoming anything. You know, it's very easy to get into this place of, is this even worth it? It was a lot of work. I wasn't making any money off of it. And so it's like finding guests, recording, editing, like it was tons of hours. And I was like, what's the point of this? And so I would get to that, but then I would always come back to like, what are the parts that I love about this? And it was, you know, having, meeting these people. And like you were saying, you know, I really made some amazing friends that I'm still very close friends with that I still haven't met. Like I just know through the internet or now (laughs) like, Internet friends now. Yeah. And we're like Instagram besties. And I would love to meet them because like they're truly my friends now, but I get like the most unbelievable emails and messages from people. And I always kind of try to go back to that of like, this is helping somebody. Like people are hearing this and 
it's making them feel less alone and it's making them feel like somebody understands them and that they're not crazy for wanting something different. And so whenever I would refocus it as like, I don't have to be the best podcaster or have the biggest podcast or even have it be what other people have. I just have to do the thing that like brings me happiness and focus more on what brings me that happiness. It would help me like push forward and keep going. And I would inevitably get to a place where it was more of a peak, you know, and I would be super excited and I would be really happy that I pushed through so that the next time I went through kind of this valley, I would remember that like, you know, we've already done this. Mm -hmm. I I know it's hard, but like, remember how good it can be. And so that's sort of what I've, and it still happens. It just doesn't happen as much. Like it's, you know, you learn to stabilize and not go through like highs and lows as much. Did the same thing happen when you started coaching people or started bringing on the group coaching aspects too? Yeah. Oh, it happens with everything. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think it's like you have the highs and lows of like, this is amazing. It's helping people. Like what still when I get testimonials, it blows me away. And I'm like, (laughs) how are these people, how did I help that much? Like, and it's so amazing but there's a funny thing about the brain. It's like it, we have a negativity bias. We focus on the negative. And so it's funny that like you can get all the people in the world telling you how great it is. And if your brain will still focus on the one negative comment or the one person that dropped from the program or whatever, even though you had out of 10 people, nine were like, I would do this again. I would pay. This was amazing. This changed my life. The one person that was like, this wasn't that great. You're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm a horrible coach. <laughs> never help anybody. So I go through the same exact things, but I realize, I think it's just the more you do mindset work, the more you realize like, it's really just your own thoughts creating these problems. Like it's, you know, whatever you focus on is what your life will become. That's what it is. And so I realize I don't also resist it. Like I know it's part of the process. So I'm like, okay, this week I'm just feeling kind of down or I don't think it's, you know, it's not happening the way I wanted it to, or it's not growing or I feel hurt because somebody didn't like it as much as I wanted them to. And so I don't resist it as much, but I just know that like, that's my wrong focus. And I try to bring myself back to like, again, what is the purpose of me doing this? And I check in with myself of like, is this something I want to keep doing? And I constantly like, as I'm in a place that like I do, I can more quickly get myself out of kind of that negative thinking. Those check-ins, like I'm doing the same thing with myself right now. I'm like, all right, is this still, is this is this still serving me in the way that I want to be looking a year, two years from now, three years from now? And I'm finding that it's sometimes, I was writing something down this morning for myself, which is like, I know I, I feel like I need to be coming into these types of thoughts with more, I suffer from the same perfectionism type of thing where I'm like, all right, yeah. I feel like I need to have like really specific structured questions. So then I have really specific structured answers. Then right. I can come to my epiphany. It's the, it's the <laughs> Philip conundrum I always have, which is right. I'm like, I'm going to go hike. I'm going to reach to the top of the mountain. And I'm going to go, oh my gosh, there's the epiphany. I got to the yeah. top of the mountain. <laughs> and then I know everything to do. I find it doesn't happen that way. And instead, it's much more about for me or what I find with a lot of our listeners and new coaches is that it's really just the consistency of also showing up and just just putting pen to paper for myself. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more you do this type of work or any, I think it's it's when you've been in the traditional career and there was like a path laid out and, Mm -hmm. you know, there are markers where you can achieve you get sort of used to that. And like, that seems like, you know, you've got to get to a place where you've achieved, you get to this peak. And we all know that whenever you get to that, you just move the goalposts, right? So it's like, 
we all thought even in our old prayers that like once I got to this position then I'd be super happy and everything would be great. And I, you know, I would know I would have so much fulfillment in my life. And then you get there and you're like, Oh, I still have the same human brain and I have all the same stresses and I'm still, you know, now there's a whole new set of problems. And I think for me, one of the biggest changes in my life through this mindset work is that I no longer expect to get to that. I know there's no peak, like there's no ultimate, all of a sudden I'm going to be the Zen master that I understand. And like I was just saying, I think one of the biggest shifts that I made is that I just don't resist my negative emotions anymore. I don't like think that something has gone wrong if I have feel sad or anxious or have stress about something. It's more of like, huh, why do I feel this? Why am I stressed about this? Is this something of my own doing? Am I making this a bigger deal than it actually is? And when I get more curious about it, I can move through it a lot quicker as mm-hmm. opposed to, I'm never going to be happy. What's wrong with me? Like this is now, you know? And so I think a lot of that acceptance is, and kind of that uh, giving myself more grace has really allowed me to move through those negative emotions much faster. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I think to, to your question, I still catch myself wanting things to be a certain way or wanting things to be perfect. Or, and then it's just a matter of reminding myself that like, there, there's just no such thing. It's an illusion, you know, to have, like you think that once you get everything, all the, you know, dot all your I's and cross your T's, then you're going to come to some promised land where everything is like rainbows and butterflies. And you know that that's not true. It's never going to happen. Yep. Yeah. And so it's like, And what you were saying about checking in with yourself, I think one thing that I've learned that's actually been really liberating for me um, through this journey is, like I said, there's never an arrival date. And so Hmm. the type A in me 10 years ago would have been terrified at the idea that like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in five years. I have no idea what I'm going to be doing in 10 years. Now it's like the best feeling because I'm constantly allowing myself to change and pivot. And so I do constantly check in because I never want to do things just because I should or I have to. Like, okay, now I've built this business. I have to keep building it. No, I don't. If I find that like this is becoming a drag for me and I'm becoming resentful and I don't want to do it and I'm just doing it because like now I have this platform and I have this audience and I have to keep doing it, then I don't want to do it, you know? And so it's constantly a re-choosing. Like, like when I check in, it's like, no, I still love this and I'm choosing to do it so that that takes away some of the, I think oftentimes we get caught in a, I, God, now I have to do this. I have yeah. to keep doing this. I have to, I try very much to be in a place where like of understanding that I'm choosing to do it and I can choose to do something else if I want to. That was interesting too, because on the same uh, podcast episode I was listening to, you mentioned how you were closing down one of your other businesses because mm-hmm. just, it wasn't serving you. And you're like, I, I don't really want to be doing this anymore. And I imagine, you know, it's the same type of thing we're talking about in this kind of realm for anybody opening their coaching business, just because you have a group coaching program doesn't mean you have to continue to do group yeah. coaching programs or individual coaching programs, or yeah. just because you have an Instagram page. I know I, was it recently where you were on social media? You're like, you know what? I'm just going to stop social media. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all that stuff, just saying no and stopping it is just so interesting. Yeah. It's been a, it's something that I'm still learning. And I like, so I actually had like a couple of videos that went viral and I gained a ton of followers in the last couple of months, which has been a blessing, but also it can, you know, again, all these things that we think we want and then we get them and we're like, oh, this has a lot of bad sides to it. Yeah. And so I felt, um, you know, I think with so many of us right now, the world is such a heavy place. There's just so much uncertainty. And I was just feeling very overwhelmed and very, I don't know, it, it was social media just seemed too much for me. And I just posted this week that like, 
I just stopped posting. I didn't make an announcement. I didn't tell people. I was just like, you know what? I need a couple of weeks to regroup and figure out what I'm doing. And like, do I want to keep doing this? And shockingly enough, the earth didn't stop spinning and uh, (laughs) things are still moving. Yeah, guys, it all continued to move forward. And with every time I do things like this, I realize how much control I have. Because I think so often we get so caught in the shoulds. Like I should keep posting. I should keep doing this. And I know it's, you know, I was just talking about doing it consistently. And I do believe that you have to be consistent. But I also, again, think that you have to constantly be evaluating why you're doing things so that you don't get burned out. So you don't get to a place where you're so resentful and, you know, miserable because you've just kept pushing through without examining, like, why am I doing this? Why do I want to do this? Do I want to keep doing this? And so I really make it a regular point to just check in with myself. And like you just said, I closed down another business that I had started when I left law. And when I started that business, I knew that that was not something I was passionate about. I knew it wasn't going to be like the end all be all, but it was like, here's something I want to try for a couple of years. And I want to teach myself all these things about entrepreneurship and business. And it was great. And it was an amazing experience and it was a success. And, um, and then it was time for me to do something else. And I had built this platform and I was like, I want to kind of go all in. And so I just, I'm very much actively working on not putting myself in any boxes and realizing that I can really do whatever it is that I find myself called to do. I just have to kind of have the courage to go after that. I find in this podcast, we have a lot of mic drop moments. I feel like that was (laughs) definitely one of them. I, it's, I very much come from the same type A personality. We're talking before we hit record. I was like, I also love sweets. We read a lot of the same books, all yeah. those types of things. I found for myself at one time that I felt I was, how I put it, told Philip in my head was I was a slave to my own ambition. Mm-hmm. I had all these goals that I wanted to do. I was like, I have to do this thing. I have to do these next things. And I think the getting caught in the shoulds is such an interesting concept because it's, I think I, heard you mention these half truths that we see from coaches or business leaders or all these things that we believe should we should be doing what they tell us we should be doing. But at the end of the day, it doesn't always matter as much. But kind of shifting gears slightly, one of the questions, or at least it's become one of my favorite questions to ask is, what are the challenges that you've had in, in becoming a coach and having your group coaching program and starting your, your podcast? But more so, what are the things you've had to sacrifice? Mm. in becoming a coach and having your business and 100 plus episodes now of your podcast? Yeah, that's a good question. And I'm going to sound like a broken record and you guys will probably now get an understanding of the type of coaching I do. I focus heavily on mindset and Mm. because a lot of the biggest challenges were just my own fears, right? It's just my own thoughts. It's my own, like any challenge in building a business is the fears of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to make this work. You know, there was a lot of the embarrassment of like, I'm putting myself out in front of all these people. Let's say I launched this program and no one signs up and everybody knows that like, I now have this group program that like nobody wanted, you know? And so it was a lot of getting over myself, like getting over this, okay, I'm going to take this risk and it's going to be a public risk. And what happens if it doesn't work or a lot of this, I'm going to start this group program and I don't feel qualified. I'm going to make myself really vulnerable. Like, what if I don't help these people? And what if, and again, they're just my own fears because like it, it turned out I had all the skills and I helped a ton of people. But before going into it, like I had to really get over that barrier of stopping myself because I kept thinking I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. 
Hmm. And so a lot of the building of the business is just me getting out of my own way, is the thoughts of, I don't like being on camera. I don't like taking pictures of myself. I don't like posting on Instagram because it feels vulnerable and like people, it's putting yourself out there. And so that's definitely been the hardest thing with the podcast, with, you know, social media, with the business is feeling vulnerable, is doing things that aren't perfect, like putting out, you know, B plus work because you're just constantly having to produce content and put things out and being okay with that. Definitely like the struggles have come from overcoming those fears and sitting with those negative emotions and understanding that like I still have to push through even though I feel like terrified to post this or do that thing. There, I love that so much because there's no time where you feel ready. There's no time where you're like, okay, this is like super perfect. I feel like I, um, I infamously worked on my website for like six months. Yeah. Didn't work with a client. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep working on this thing and, and projecting all these pieces. Didn't, it didn't lead to a lot of stuff. And it's just so much of, I feel like starting before you feel ready mm-hmm. and it comes back to all the, those mindset pieces, yeah. exactly what you're talking about. And it's, you know, how are you getting, what are, how are you getting in your own way? And I think also, you know, one of the, the things I want to touch on that, that you mentioned too, is that, you know, a lot of these thoughts or a lot of these feelings that you're having, I don't always know if they're always coming from yourself as well. They're coming from the things that you also perceive in your environment or, absolutely. or other social media or other types of things there too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most of, a lot of our fears are just like programmed by society or by mm-hmm. fears of other people, you know, that, around us that might say things and then it gets stuck in your head. It's not necessarily that it's just your own fear. It's just like you hear other people maybe badmouth somebody on Instagram for posting things, putting out there. And then you then feel like, oh God, if I do this, then everybody's going to laugh at me and tell me and say like, oh, who does she think she is? Like now she's (laughs) starting this, you know, and we all do it. It all like when you're saying, you know, the website thing, every one of us does that because we're trying to protect ourselves. Like we want it to be perfect so that there's less of a chance that it fails or that people will say something mean or, you know, and it's just learning with each one that like, oh, I spent, I did the same thing. I spent all, like time and money on so many things that failed. And mm-hmm. because that wasn't what was important. And it was like, I thought if I had the perfect thing, people would come flocking and it's like, oh, it doesn't work that way. So one of my last questions yeah. for you, you know, it's, it's the, it's the clean slate question. But first, before I say all that stuff, thank you so much. Cause I feel one of the biggest things that I'm taking away from from this conversation and, and super helpful for our listeners is that especially when starting a business and a podcast, but really these, these stages, it's so much about mindset. And if you don't address it early on and have mechanisms to, to address it throughout the entire process too, Mm -hmm. then you're really not setting yourself up for success. And most likely all those, all those shoulds are going to get in the way and, and derail yourself. So first of all, I feel like out of anybody that I've talked to, that that's one thing that you do incredibly well, but more so just really addressing <laughs> all the thoughts that <laughs> I have to consistently work on every day. Like that right. one of the biggest things I'm learning. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm grateful that you are because I get, that's really my focus. And I think that, um, again, from my own journey and then now seeing all of my clients, it's like, I've, I know it sounds woo woo and people want tactics and people want to know like, okay, just like tell me how to get to this, you know, job or whatnot. When people give me a chance to kind of like get them to see that 
really like all the tactics are Googleable. Like yeah. everything is out there, you know, building a business, changing a job, fixing your resume, going on LinkedIn, whatever. All of that stuff is not that hard. It's what stops you from doing it. It's the fact that you're, you don't think you're qualified or you don't think you're good enough or you don't think you, uh, you know, belong there or whatnot. And so I think that um, it's, I've realized that for myself and what we've talked about a lot on this podcast today. And I think people, um, you just have to experience it and really become aware of is that it never goes away. So that's why I think it's so important is that like the mindsets of, yes, you need a lot in the beginning, but you just need it throughout because people think like, okay, once I get to this job, Mm -hmm. then I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. Once I get another job that I'm passionate about, then I'll be happy. And I've seen this happen. It happened with me and it's happened with so many people where they jump from job to job and they're still not happy. And because it's like, you've never worked on the actual reason that you're not fulfilled or unhappy or what's stopping you. And so oftentimes you're trying to change the circumstances around you to change the way that you feel and that doesn't ever work. And so it's a matter of like really getting clear on what about this situation is making me unhappy? What is making me resentful? Why do I feel the need that I have to do this stuff? Why am I a people pleaser? Why am I a perfectionist? And like, once you can get to the root cause of those, then the rest of the stuff just becomes fun. Like right now, honestly, in my life, I feel like I have so much fun because I don't feel burdened by the things I have to do or should do because I know that I can control that with how I think. And so I could talk about mindset literally all day. And that's what I do talk about. I feel like people in my coaching programs, like we get it mindset. We get it. You know, and I'm like, no, I don't think you do. So we keep working on it. It's definitely my jam. So my, my last question for you is if you had to go back to the beginning and the clean slate and start all the way over and instead of the years and the months that it take to do coaching in your business and the podcast, what would you, what would you do instead? You mean in order to become a coach, what would I do? Yep. In order to become a coach or even just the, the podcast that you created and the, the listeners and yeah. all the content. What would you go back yeah, to? Yeah. yeah, I think with anything, um, it sounds cliche, but it's like really just the truth is like figure out who you're serving and serve them and don't worry about everything else. I think so often like we're worried about growth. We're worried about like these vanity metrics of like how many followers you have or how many listeners you're going to get. And we want to make it bigger and bigger. And so many people talk about this like, even if you have, let's say, 100 followers on Instagram or 100 followers on your podcast, imagine if you have 100 people in your house listening to you talk. That's a lot of people <laughs> that are listening. You know, that's like a, most people would be terrified to speak in front of 100 people, right? Uh-huh. And so we're constantly wanting them more. And we think like, if I have more people, then somehow like the business will be better. And it's not. It's like, look at the people that are listening to you and want to learn from you. And even if you're just starting, for instance, like I wish I'd started coaching much earlier. I think like you can start it in a um, smaller, like small step, just put it out there and see like, does anybody want some help? And maybe you do it, you know, at a cheaper beta testing thing so that you can really hone your skills. And so you don't feel like you're charging too much, but it's through, like, I always say this on my podcast, but you'll never think your way till the end. You just, there's no way to do that. Like clarity comes from action. So like the more action you take, the more you start getting clear on like, oh, this is how I help people. This is what I do. So I just really wish I would kind of have done that more from the beginning is really put it out there and not give in to my own fear that I wasn't ready. Mm. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for coming on today and sharing that, that last piece because 
there's so many things that hold people back from doing this kind of work. And whatever those, those fears might be, whatever those mindset pieces are, it really holds them back from living the life they want to, to live, from serving the people that they are putting us on this earth to serve, right. and, and honestly creating really good content and like, your, like yourself. And I so much appreciate you coming on here today and sharing that story for yourself, but really sharing for our listeners what it, like all those things that people don't talk about that yeah. come up when you are taking this kind of journey. So thank you very, very much. Oh, my absolute pleasure. This was so fun. And I'm so glad that um, we got to t- chat about the thing that I love to talk about the most. So I'm glad it could help. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. For more information, check out becomeacareercoach.com where you can find information on this podcast, our programs, books, and endless content on, well, how to become a career coach. Also, don't be shy. If you have any questions or kind words, we'd love to hear from you. And you can reach me directly at philip at happentoyourcareer.com. And that's Philip with two L's. So thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Here we go. Here's going to be the recording. I mean, oop. okay. Yeah, I'm recording. Here we go in. Nope, nope, nope. All right. Here we go in three, two, one.